Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What's up, everybody? I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. This is the Sports Card Strategy Show brought to you by Graybo's Sports Cards. Graybo's Sports Cards is a local hobby shop owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, and Duke Denny One-Time Dodson. They're located in the Arts District of Richmond, Virginia. Graybo's Sports, the best selection of raw and graded singles in the Mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax. Graybo's Breaks on whatnot and or drip five nights a week. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can receive a 10% discount from Graybo's on drip, whatnot, or their website at graybo's.co by entering the code STRATEGY2023. You can follow all of Graybo's news and updates on Instagram at graybo's underscore cards. Don't forget to get a free 30-day trial at nooffseason.com today to help you make money flipping sports cards, build your sports card investment portfolio, get unlimited advice from our experts, and take sports card school to navigate the hobby. That's nooffseason.com. Get your free 30-day trial today. All the data we use on the Sports Card Strategy Show is from MarketMoversApp.com. Use code NOOFFSEASON at MarketMoversApp.com to get 20% off for life after a free 14-day trial. All right, let's get to the Sports Card Strategy. Hello, everyone. Connor Barnett here, head of content, nooffseason.com. We have made it halfway through the week. That means it's time for another sports card strategy show. I got my man Paul Hickey alongside me. Paul, how are we doing today? Doing great, man. Excited to talk sports cards with you and the rest of the nooffseason.com family. Let's get to the strategy. But first, uh, I do want to mention that I really, 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 really love our friends over at Graybo's, Graybo's Sports Cards over in Richmond, Virginia. They're trying to do something special, Connor. They're trying to become breakers on Fanatics Live. They're trying to sell on Fanatics Live, which is a phenomenal platform. And we need your help. Nooffseason.com. We need your help to get them to be one of the 10. Fanatics Live is adding 10 sellers in February. We want Graybos to be one of them. So nooffseason.com fam. For those of you wondering how to help Graybos become one of the 10, let's do the following. First of all, download the Fanatics Live app. 
Purchase anything on the Fanatics Live website for $20 or more and use Grabo's unique promo code. I'm going to read it to you. But you can find it on their Instagram account at Grabo's underscore cards. It's X-T-M-K-K-H-T-H-5. That's X-T-M-K-K-H-T-H-5. Hit the 15-second rewind button in your podcast app and listen to that again. Use that promo code. Fanatics Live will refund you the $20, so your purchase is free. Purchase must be made in a breaker's shop, not on an auction spot, and it must be your first purchase on Fanatics Live. So unfortunately, you can't really help Graybos become one of the 10 if you've already purchased something on Fanatics Live. But listen to this. Once you complete this, message Graybos underscore cards on Instagram with your name and email. They are then going to send you a promo code for 10% off anything at graybos.co. They will also enter you in a drawing to win $200 in a Graybos gift card. If Graybos gets selected to be one of the 10, they're also going to run a free case break on their Fanatics Live on the first night. This is a case break, Connor, that is at least a $5,000 break. And everyone who helps them out will be entered to win one of the 32 spots. So they're not just asking for your help. They're rewarding you like you should be rewarded for helping them. And uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. It's almost over. It's almost over the opportunity to help Graybos become one of the 10. So nooffseason.com fam. Please hit the 30-second, 45-second rewind button on your podcast app. Go back and listen to what I just said and help Graybos. Very well said, Paul. Yeah, go help our guys at Graybos. I've got that code, uh, that exclusive code in the live chat if you're listening to this live right now. I'm excited to meet some of the Graybos guys this weekend over at Culture Collision. Really excited for the weekend in general. Also really excited for all of the fantastic content that we've got packed into today. But before... Uh, we kind of get a quick overview of what we'll be talking about. Uh, we have launched Sports Card School at NoOffSeason.com. It's a safe place for noobs, advanced flippers, and high rollers alike to learn how to navigate the hobby and ultimately build a collection that increases in value. You can get a free 30-day trial now at NoOffSeason.com uh, to start learning our guidelines, strategies, and plays that will help you make money flipping sports cards to fund your PC or other things in life, whatever your goals may be there. Uh, we've also filled our one-on-one -on -one sports card strategist package uh, for January, however, spots are going to be opening back up in February. Uh, so if you're interested, potentially get more information by emailing Paul at nooffseason.com. That's P-A-U-L at nooffseason.com. And I do right. want people to do that, Connor, because uh, while you, you did say that we were full for January, we have three spots only, only three spots open out of the five. Two people have already signed up for February, and we have their kickoff meetings scheduled with them. So if you want to be part of this and get one-on-one -on -one advice consistently from me and Connor, you get, you get the bonus of Connor. So you get me, and then you get the bonus of Connor. We are your strategist team for the one-on-one -on -one package. If you want help from us to build your sports card investment portfolio and really make money in 2024 and beyond, sign up for that now by first step, email me at paul at nooffseason.com. Yep. Well said, Paul. Uh, let's go ahead and hop into the topics for today. We're going to talk more CGC versus PSA data slash data points. we got some football card strategy talk with our guy Andy Kaysen of Football Card Quest. So we're going to give you guys some takeaways from the divisional round. 
uh, as well as a preview for the conference championships. Uh, Paul has a complete Don Russ set to, uh, to grading play uh, to discuss. We've also got Paul's super sleeper of the year uh, to grade or not to grade featuring our guy, Chad Gill, AKA Dr. Crack. And then we will be rounding things off with audience goals uh, and Q and a stuff. So if you guys have questions about the episode, be sure to drop them in the chat. Uh, we'll get to as many as we can at the end. And if we don't get to them, uh, be sure to sign up for that free 30 day trial at nooffseason.com because you'll get access to the overflow show. So if you have questions that aren't answered live, you can email us Connor at nooffseason.com. That's C O N N E R uh, for more information on getting that uh, free 30 day trial there. Um, First, let's do some live chat love before we hop into our segments uh, for today. Uh, good morning slash afternoon, Justin Stort. We got Mr. T in here. We got Cleo Cards, uh, Ryan Painter. What's up, Ryan? Randy Ferguson, our guy Barry Siff. Thanks for being here, Barry. And uh, also, where did Bush and Messiah go uh, in Southern Soccer Idiot SSI? SSI, it's good to see you, sir. All right, Paul. Let's go ahead and hop into things for the day. Kicking things off, we're going to do some more breakdown on CGC. Uh, slash CSG versus PSA data points uh, and get uh, we're actually going to get kind of two different appearances from Andy Kaysen on today's show. So I'll go ahead and let you take things away here, Paul. Yeah, I'm excited to have Andy Kaysen on today's show. He is actually backstage right now. So we're going to bring him in momentarily. We see you, Andy. Thanks for joining us. Andy Kaysen of the Football Card Quest, footballcardquest.com part of the nooffseason.com sports card network. And we have partnered with CGC also known in the past as CSG as part of their slab labels. And Andy and I are on a mission to elevate CGC cards as a card grading company, but to do so in a way that makes sense for all of your sports card strategies. And so Andy did a great job on his Monday show highlighting the value proposition of CGC cards, comparing an Amon Ross St. Brown press proof premium rookie CSG nine versus a PSA nine. I thought this was really cool. And so before we bring in Andy live, I want to share Andy's breakdown from his top 10 players going up in value using this 2021 Don Russ, Amon Ross St. Brown press proof premium CSG nine. See what Andy had to say on Monday. I want to look at one specific card here. It's an auction that ended today. A press proof premium rated rookie. Got that nice little gold shine on it. Uh, CSG 9, which is actually CGC now. And if you compare that to the PSA 9, virtually the same exact values you see here. Jan 7, 2150, December 24th, $25, and $18. So very, very small difference between those. And if you look at 2023 grading year in review here from Gemrate, you can see the yeah, PSA graded 13.5 million cards. But if you look at who's second there, CGC, 1.75 million cards. And they are growing, guys. And the Football Card Quest, part of the nooffseason.com sports card network, is proud to be sponsored by CGC Cards. Guys, they have grading submission fees as low as $12 with fantastic turnaround times right now. And as you can see, many of their slabs are very competitive. In fact, they are backed by the largest coin and paper grading companies in the world in existence. So they do have a stronghold in quite a few markets. They've now branched out into sports cards. They've changed the name from CSG to CGC. They've got more improved labels. The old green and white labels can be replaced for free with the new black and white CGC labels. They've also got a gold pristine label now. That's going to add additional value to your card as well that you can get 
for just $12, those incredible turnaround times. So check out cgccards.com for more information. And also let them know that the football card quest sent you. All right, guys, back to the app. So a phenomenal breakdown there by Andy earlier this week on the football card quest. And there's a lot of interesting data as we explore CGC slabs to PSA slabs. And there was one that I wanted to comment on too, real quick. Uh, SSI, who's uh, in the live chat, may have a reaction to this. I'd love to get his take on it if he does. Uh, but I found a Kylian Mbappe 2018 Panini World Cup soccer sticker, number 209, blackback. PSA 10, just a, uh, just, you know, nothing too special about that card, you know, pr pretty highly printed card, but nice to have in a PSA 10 sold December 5th, 2023. So just a, a little over a month ago, about six weeks ago, sold for just under $72 and 99 cents in a buy it now or best offer situation, the best offer accepted situation. And then just last week, a CSG 10, black label uh, with the new grading scale, same exact sticker sold for $70, buy it now. So it, it appears that the CSG 10 sold for about the same price or maybe even a few dollars more than the PSA 10. And so Andy and I are digging into a lot of the data to figure out these types of different things happening on the secondary market and also provide information to our audience on the value of even having cards graded with CGC cards now that they have this new consistent labeling and the new consistent labeling being CGC label. CGC label off the back of their successful trading card game comic book grading. And so we're going to talk more about this. And again, before we bring in Andy, what I want to do is just play a clip from his show yesterday where he and Carter were on the Football Card Quest market report and Andy did another phenomenal job breaking down more data along these lines, digging into green label CSGs, black label CSGs, all under the guise of, hey, these are this is the same company as CGC cards. So Andy, take it away one more time from yesterday's show before we bring you in live. Share this screenshot with you guys. So this hobby tip is going to be in reference to CGC cards. You guys have seen us show the gem rate data. They're now uh, officially a sponsor of the Football Card Quest and the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Network. So we're very proud to uh, do some more research into the current CGC market for a variety of different players. And part of my mission is to highlight different listings. So in this case, I've got a Jordan Love here, Optic Hollow. A raw one sold today for $50 in a buy it now. Just, um, just yesterday, the SGC 9.5 closed an auction for 71 And just a few days prior, just four days ago, the CSG 9.5 in the old green and white labels uh, sold for $75 in a buy now plus $6 shipping. So I just want to highlight that CG, CGC, which is the, the new you know name acronym uh, for their sports card grading division, sells for pretty much just the same as SGC and definitely more than the raw card. 
and they have only $12 grading submission fees. Uh, pretty good turnaround times right now. I think it was 40 days or less. And if you look at the gem rate data that we showed on Twitter before, they were the second, they graded the second most sports cards last year behind PSA ahead of SGC. And so, yeah, yeah. So it's super interesting. And I think a lot of people, what you got to do is you got to, unfortunately, right now, you have to search for both CSG and CGC cards on eBay uh, until all of their CSG cards and these holders get re-slabbed with the new label. So they have a new label. They have a new grading scale, which also includes a uh, black uh, black label with a gold 10 that is a it is basically a gold pristine so they do have a grade that's above just a cgc 10 and um and so yeah very very interesting data from cgc that i'm finding on a variety of players that kind of paints a different picture than um than what i think a lot of people may interpret them as in the market they're they're actually gaining quite a bit of steam and i'm i'm happy to be an ambassador for them in the hobby all right, so just for clarification, all right, CSG and CGC are the same. Yes. Yeah, they're the okay. same. Yeah. Yes, they are the same. They are the same. So great question there by Carter and a great breakdown by Andy. Well done. So let's do this. Let's bring in the one, the only Andy Kaysen from Football Card Quest dot com part of the no offseason.com sports card network andy what is up my man how you doing today we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Andy, I think we got you on mute, on mute brother. <clears throat> totally totally uh, forgot I was on mute. Uh, no, hey, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm doing great today. Um I got everything. I appreciate all the love you guys just shared from the, the content that we put out earlier this week. I got everything right in that little promotional video I did on Monday, except the fact that it's not free to re to re-slab the from the green and white labels of CSG to the new black and white CGCs. It's actually $10. They were running a promotion that recently expired. I think it was like October of last year. So that's the only thing that i'm gonna throw out there paul to to correct myself on um that i'll have to keep a, a a note on going forward nice good correction good correction no worries well great breakdown nonetheless on all of the data and more to come on that more to come on not only the football card quest but right here on the sports card strategy show um but andy let's dive into where we are right now in the football card market we are heading into the much anticipated conference championship games this upcoming weekend. There are some takeaways from the divisional round. We've got a little bit of preview for the conference championships. We've got our NFL playoffs 
cheat sheet for our premium members at nooffseason.com that we talk about a lot. But uh, there's a lot we want to get into today since we have you. The uh, ba- Basically, I call you the Mike Mayock of football cards because Mike Mayock was one of my favorite NFL network analysts back in the day. And uh, you just remind me of him with, with your, uh, your ability to take the analytics and, uh, and then also the feel for the game and combine them. And what you do with fantasy sports as well and the football card market is just outstanding. So I'm going to turn things over to Connor because Connor has uh, some really nice uh, discussion points prepped for us here today along the lines of football card strategies. So let's get into it. Connor, take it away. Yeah, let's hop into things. Uh, I'm excited to get Andy's feedback here. Just uh, looking at some trends and based on you know how things have unfolded so far in the playoffs, it'll be exciting to get his feedback here. So let's start things off. Uh, that the Chiefs were able to knock off the Bills uh, in a nail biter at the end. Obviously, kind of a missed field goal that that changed the the scope of the game there. But let's talk Patrick Mahomes real quick. Um, so we something if you if you listen to the show frequently, it's something that me and Paul have been discussing in terms of baseball prospects is prospect fatigue and how when these guys sit in the minors for a while, uh, people just their their value isn't just it doesn't rise as much or they don't see as much growth even when they're called up. Slash people get kind of bored of seeing them not make that leap. Um, and I'm obviously I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes has that same. Uh, standpoint. However, I think that his, maybe his expectations have been high for so long that there could be a thing, uh, such a thing as perennial playoff contender fatigue. Um, so his graded market is just up 2.6% over the last 30 days. Uh, for reference point, it may seem like, yes, he's up, but you look at Lamar Jackson, he's up 22% the last 30 days. And you look at Jared Goff up 30% in just the last 14 days. Uh, Andy, how much do expectations matter for playoff quarterbacks in the playoffs? Uh, when we look at if they're, if, if pricing valuations have already been baked in um, and how much room there is to grow for Patrick Mahomes market. Yeah. Expectations matter a lot because you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes. And I think if his prices come were comparable to Lamar Jackson before, you know, this playoff uh, stretch right now, I think his cards would be up a lot more. They'd be up, I think roughly the same percentage as Lamar Jackson. I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes is incredible, but the, the thing is, Patrick Mahomes' prices have been uh, so inflated just because this is his literally his sixth uh, championship appearance. I mean, and he this is only his seventh year in the league. So, you know, it's like it's been an absolutely incredible Hall of Fame trajectory so far for Patrick Mahomes. And so, therefore, a lot of that success, a lot of that Hall of Fame uh, marker is already baked into the prices for Patrick Mahomes. So it's like, you know, it's hard to see them keep climbing at the same uh, statistical rate as something like what Lamar Jackson is doing right now. And you can you can see how Lamar Jackson had all that room to grow because you looked at the prices of Josh Allen and you could easily see that there is a discrepancy there. And I think that uh, uh, there's certain cards for Lamar Jackson that are going to continue to grow because they're still lower than Josh Allen. So. Yeah, I, I think that's the real reason why Patrick Mahomes' prices haven't gone up is just because I think there's a, a threshold. And, um, and, you know, it's kind of different for everybody depending on what their their budget comfort is and their risk tolerance and what their bankroll is uh, and what they'll they'll pay for a card. But it's like, man, I look at base Donruss, Patrick Mahomes, raw base Donruss, rated rookie, cardboard, paper card, whatever you want to call it, raw, selling for $200. I mean... That's uh, pretty crazy, and that was actually the first player that I bought getting into the hobby. So I, if you go back to April, May, June of 2020, you could have got that card for 
30 bucks and then it just skyrocketed and it's never looked back. I mean, it's always stayed above a hundred dollars and times like right now, it's going to go for like 200, 250, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Great breakdown there, Andy. And, and a good point mentioning kind of being overinflated in terms of pricing for Mahomes. And I, I want to transition over to Brock Purdy. So uh, the 49ers were able to survive against Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers, but Purdy's not really moving right now. So do you think his prices were already baked into in terms of being overvaluated? Um, I know he obviously he had that horrid performance to kind of round off the regular season and knock himself out of MVP contention where he threw four interceptions against the Ravens. But since then, uh, no interceptions. Uh, he's been playing pretty decent football, obviously. Uh, no standout performances really for Purdy, but uh, his market is down 2% over the last 14 days. What do you think it will take for Brock Purdy to spike again? Uh, do they have to win a Super Bowl, and does he have any room to grow? Yeah, I think it, I think definitely if they go to the Super Bowl, you know, I, I still I still see a lot of volume, right? If I look at the past 24 hours, Brock Purdy's still leading the, the charge uh, right behind Jordan Love, in fact, between Jordan Love and Lamar Jackson in terms of buy it now and best offer accepted sold rookie cards. So even though the price increases aren't really there right now for Brock Purdy, we're still seeing the sold volume. When you combine that with a limited supply of rookie cards for Brock Purdy, because he's only got 1,595 different rookie cards, according to tradingcarddatabase.com, that's not very many. If, if you look at Jordan Love, for example, he's got almost 3,500, you know? So uh, CJ Stroud has already got way more. CJ Stroud's already got 2,200. So, you know, when you, when you kind of uh, put that into perspective and then you look at the fact that a lot of the souls you're seeing right now in Brock Purdy are his base Donruss, his base optic, his base prism, because the higher end cards for Brock Purdy have gotten so expensive. So there's definitely that success, that inflation kind of baked into Brock Purdy. And, and then there's the other thing of Christian McCaffrey. A lot of people view this, uh, view Brock Purdy as a system quarterback, and they look at the strength of the run game for San Francisco in Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Christian McCaffrey over 2,000 all-purpose yards this season, number one in touchdowns. But then you look at his efficiency, number one in yards created, like number two in EPA, he, he led the league in breakaway runs, which are runs over uh, 15 yards, which are the ones that uh, create the big highlights. He's number one. He had 20 of those this year. I mean, by far and away, the best running back in the league right now by a mile, really. Um, and it, what's interesting is if you look at some advanced uh, fantasy analytics, a lot of people compare him to Aaron Jones, who also uh, balled out on Saturday. And they're from the same draft class. So just an interesting comparison throughout there. But yeah, that's another big reason why Brock Purdy prices aren't really going up right now. He's got a lot of people diversifying into Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and then also, you know, it's just the fact that if they wanted, if they wanted to buy a Brock Purdy rookie card, uh, a rookie auto, let's say a more rare Brock Purdy card, they're going to be spending over a thousand dollars when if they spend a thousand dollars on Christian McCaffrey, they could probably get a card that's twice as rare, you know, and, and, uh, they probably wouldn't have to spend that much either. And um, I, I think a lot of people may be looking in that direction. They also may be targeting uh, 2022 Christian McCaffrey, first year in the 49ers uniform from a collection standpoint. I've seen quite a few, quite a few interesting solds from 2022 Christian McCaffrey as well. So I think that you have a variety of factors there behind Brock Purdy, but he definitely goes up and he's obviously looks like he's going to be their franchise quarterback. I, I can't wait to see what happens this weekend against the Lions. I mean, such an exciting game.
Yeah, a lot of good stuff there, Andy, in, in terms of breaking down Purdy and, and Christian McCaffrey talking. We'll get into skill players in just a moment. Uh, but if you are holding Brock Purdy, let's talk about good market analysis. Let's talk about what it means for the listeners. If you are holding Brock Purdy right now, what is the play there? Uh, in my opinion, banking on a Super Bowl win uh, to hopes uh, to see valuation growth could be a risky recipe. Uh, curious to get your thoughts on what to do with Purdy. And Paul, curious to get your thoughts as well. Yeah, my my thought would either be yeah, if you wanna if you wanna cash out, let's say you bought Brock Purdy back in the summer because his prices are double, triple uh, than what they were in the summer. Some cases quadruple or more than what they were in the summer. But if you if you bought them in like October when he was getting on that MVP streak and he was just perfect passer rating week in and week out and he was crushing it until about the middle of October. And then he went on like a three to four game slump. He was throwing picks. They were losing games. And all of a sudden you saw his market uh, fall way back down again. And now he's getting right back up to that October level. So it really depends on when you bought in, but if you bought in before the season right now, you're looking at an easy flip. You can cash out, take nice profit. If you bought in October, and especially if you bought in raw, I think it makes sense to get those cards graded. Now, all of a sudden, you, hopefully you get some 10s. Maybe you get one of those CGC gold pristine label 10s. You add a lot of value to your card. And then you could flip it knowing he's their franchise quarterback. If they win the Super Bowl, that's great. There's going to be continued hype for him throughout the offseason. If they don't, but he still plays good, I still think there's hype for him throughout the offseason. He's going to be a chase player at the National once again. And uh, people are going to be really excited about his prospect heading into uh, 2024. You know, Kyle Shanahan, he's, he's a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, the system that the 49ers have is incredible for Brock Purdy. I think you can feel comfortable kind of taking a, um, a couple different angles depending on when you bought him. Yeah, great stuff there, Andy. And, and it's important to mention, obviously, when did you get in on Purdy? Paul, what are your thoughts? Do they, are they mirroring Andy here? When did you buy the card? When did you buy the card? Andy nailed it. That is it right there. Because if you bought and you're not going to profit right now based on when you bought, then don't sell right now. But if you bought when we told you to buy on the Sports Card Strategy Show, which was right after Thanksgiving, we did a little data analysis in my buys of the week segment. Brock Purdy was one of my buys. And he was one of my buys because he was down. He was down between... Thanksgiving and Christmas like a lot of people were and he wasn't playing that well either so not only did he suffer from the card market going through a mid-season lull but he went through a mid-season lull as a performer as well and so if you bought during that time period I think now is a phenomenal time to get out but uh, I, I am doubling down on what you and Andy are saying. You guys nailed it. it. It's it's all about when did you buy the card? And Brock Purdy, to his credit, he has proven to the sports card market that he has more longevity than I think most of us thought. And so Andy does a phenomenal job on Football Card Quest breaking down how many rookie cards does Brock Purdy have compared to guys like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, and even guys that are, have been eliminated uh, from playoff contention, of course, like Joe Burrow and Kenny Pickett and some of the more recent uh, first-round picks. And so Brock Purdy definitely has some longevity. There's many, many things you can do with your Brock Purdy cards. If you bought in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I'm going to go ahead and tell you to look at the cheat sheet at nooffseason.com and sell now uh, because you can profit. And, and no profit is bad, and, and you would risk not getting that profit. But if you bought in a little bit higher 
I still think Brock Purdy's a pretty decent long-term hold. Yeah, fantastic work from both uh, Paul and our guy, Andy Kaysen. Andy mentioned Christian Caffrey just a minute ago, and usually we focus on quarterbacks, rightfully so. Um, but let's get into some some skill position talk and get some feedback from Andy here. So, uh, Andy, for reference, uh, on Monday's Sports Card Strategy Show, Paul talked about buying Joe Burrow. Shout out to Paul uh, for the market analysis uh, in terms of hopping on Burrow's prism base right now. Uh, based on where the valuation sits. But I brought up the point that some QBs that were eliminated, for example, Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, haven't quite seen the dips uh, in relation to the overall card market that we uh, are expecting or wanting to buy in at. However, something that I noticed is it appears that several skill position guys that have been eliminated are tanking already. Uh, so is now the time to buy skill position players? Let me give you some reference. Tyreek Hill, graded card market down almost 12% the last 14 days. He has just one graded card that's up over that time period and six different PSA 10 rookie cards down 10% or more. Another guy that I would be looking at is CD Lamb. Uh, what an elite year he put together. And his card market is down 9% uh, across the board over the last seven days. His optic and prism bases in PSA 10 are down 45% and 21% respectively. Uh, and because I want an additional question about CD here, uh, Andy, uh, because CD's card market isn't very liquid, do people need to be looked to buying now uh, to avoid possible lack of supply in the market when the offseason hits? I think there's a lot of cards you can target for uh, CD Lamb. You know, his his rookie auto market specifically, that seems to be the sweet spot for CD Lamb. It always has been. Um and uh, and if his rookie ticket autos dip below $50, I think that's a smash buy because we've seen them pretty much stay above $100 for a large part of the season. So if you can find cards like that, really any rookie autograph card for CD Lamb for under $50, I mean, unless it's like, you know, Leaf, let's uh, generally speaking, I like to have like a pro uniform and make sure it's licensed and. Uh, from a remotely desirable set and brand uh, with some pretty good aesthetics behind it. But, you know, generally speaking, if his rookie auto uh, that meets those criteria is, is under 50 bucks, I think that's a really good buy. The guy is going to be a first round fantasy wide receiver pick next year. It doesn't look like the Dallas Cowboys are going to change anything really at coaching. Um, and so CD Lamb clear, clearly alpha. He's been unlocked this year. It doesn't look like they're going to change anything from at the quarterback position. So once again, I think CeeDee Lamb at this point is is, is looking more like a, a, a long-term slash dynasty uh, play, you know? And so, and when, when I, when I see him a player like that, then it's more like stalk the auctions, see if I can get into a rookie auto or maybe see if I can get into uh, you know, one of those like serial numbered optics or serial numbered prisms or something like that. That's got known scarcity, or maybe I can find myself uh, a short print, maybe a field level silver that dips in auction um, for, you know, sometimes you can find those cards for CD, like five, $10 if you stock the auctions. And that's a kind of perfect kind of card that, especially if you're an entry level investor, you could turn around with plain white envelope and sell it for 20 or, you know, you could hold it and listen and buy it now for 30 and you can kind of work your way up from there. So you got a lot of options with CD lamb. He's got almost 4,000 different rookie cards and um, you're right. I mean, his, I think Dallas Cowboy fans, I feel kind of bad for him just because of how good they finished the season. And then he just got absolutely steamrolled man and and it you know by the packer i mean just it was unbelievable it was just a total choke job unfortunately and it really wasn't cd lamb's fault so 
you know, it's I just feel really bad for Dallas Cowboys fans. And I think you kind of see a sour taste in their mouth. Uh, and that's why they're not buying CeeDee Lamb right now. Yeah, really good breakdown. I love that you're mentioning some of the right cards that uh, for people to look at in terms of buying him. So let's transition. Let's use that to transition over to Tyreek Hill. Is he someone that you think people should be buying right now with that 11.5% dip uh, in his graded market over the last 14 days? Yeah, so Tyreek Tyree Hill is interesting. Tyreek has very few uh, rookie cards. Like if you look at um, Tyreek Hill, I mean, his prices got up so high. And the other thing you have to consider about the Miami Dolphins, a lot of people don't think this, but it's true. The Miami Dolphins have a smaller fan base. You, you're going to meet five to ten times as many uh, Dallas Cowboy fans as you are going to uh, Miami Dolphins fans. So from that sense... They can actually dip uh, quicker and faster, I think, uh, just because the Miami Dolphins will likely go uh, like under the radar, so to speak, and and only to be hyped back up in September. And they're a phenomenal in-season investment. I mean, you had Tua that, that was the guy for the first three weeks of the season. I mean, he was the poster boy of the NFL for the first three weeks. Everybody wanted Tua. Everybody wanted Tyreek. Uh, and that was, I mean, he was like a, a top three going up every week, the first three weeks only for them to then kind of meet some, um, you know, uh, s- some tough times. They lost to the, the bills in London. He threw a couple interceptions, you know, and then all of a sudden it got a little rocky, a little up and down. Then a lot of people gravitated towards Tyreek. Uh, and it, it was, you know, the volume still there for Tua, but not really the price increases. So I think Tyreek, uh, I was pulling him up here, but I mean, he's got, he's literally only got like 300 different rookie cards from 2016. He didn't get the rated rookie logo. So when you look at his market, it's the prism. The select is very popular for Tyreek. Uh, and the optic is obvious. That's the first year that optic was made. So you have a little bit of a, you know, I don't know if it's nostalgia effect or just inaugural, you know, season for a set type of effect there. So you have a little bit of a bonus there. And, uh, and yeah, that, I think that's where most people put their money for Tyreek. Um, and, and obviously there's a lot of grade chasing then at that point too, because there's very few rookie cards. So the higher the grade, the higher the value exponentially. Yeah. If you guys are listening right now and are not already following football card quest to get this information on a weekly basis, uh, what are you doing? Definitely go check out Andy's page on YouTube. That's Football Card Quest, uh, as well as his website, footballcardquest.com. Great stuff there, Andy. Let's go ahead and transition over now um, into some conference championship preview stuff. Uh, so real quick, who should people be selling prior to these games to avoid risk if they may be holding right now? Well, I got I got to go uh, in terms of like seniority and age. Because the older players get, the harder it is for them to get super hyped up. And so it's got to be Jared Goff. Uh, and we've seen some interesting sold data throughout the week. You know, uh, looking at 2016 sold data, he's the number one overall pick. So he's been printed a ton. And when you when you when I say a ton and, you, and you'll see this. So Jared Goff has got 1900 different uh, rookie cards. And that that was a ton for 2016. You look at Kenny Pickett from 2022. He had 7000 different rookie cards. So massive difference there. So you look at Jared Goff and you see like uh, his prism, which the base is silver for all rookies in football in 2016 and 17. And it's only for football. It's the only sport that Panini did this with. 
Uh, and you look at the PSA 10 for that. I mean, it's it's up over $200. And I think you can find those raw cards selling uh, or between like $30 and $50, uh, depending on the photo quality and the condition and stuff like that. And then obviously you got a lot of, uh, you know, nice cards printed for golf. You got the gold optics. You got rookie ticket autos. You got, you know, all the and then all the other sets kind of sprinkled in there. Um, but there's there's a ton of sold data for golf right now. And a lot of people believe this is the Lions year. So I can see if you have an auction and you're ending it during game time, golf's got an elite offensive line. They look healthy. They're giving him time in the pocket. He's got incredible weapons. They've also got a great run game. Jameer Gibbs is awesome. So, I mean, every week, Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, they're all popping in the eBay sold charts. And so Jared Goff is kind of right there with them. And it's almost like, you know, the Matt Stafford corollary where I would take advantage of this hype and sell it because you never know when the Lions make it back this deep in the playoffs. I'm just saying. Yeah, Andy, I, it sounds like we're pretty aligned in a lot of the stuff we're discussing today. We actually sent out a sell alert for Jared Goff after last week's win. Um, so if you're a listener right now and you're thinking, dang, I need to be able to pay attention to who to sell, text sports cards to 1-833-992-5727. We will have more updates, I can assure you, um, as these games unroll this weekend. Um, next next thing to discuss for this conference championship preview, um, for me, being someone that's kind of newer to the hobby and this being my first really go run uh, at seeing market changes during the NFL postseason, what should we expect in regards to market volatility uh, from some of the top players now that we're getting kind of deeper into the playoff run uh, and all eyes are on just four teams at this point? Yeah, well, who, whoever comes out of the championship game as the victor, you definitely see the um, the the sold data favoring whoever the favorite is going to be. Uh, so for example, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens right now are the favorites to win the whole thing. Uh, and if you look, they're super powerful team. They, they get, get through the chiefs here. This is going to be, um, a huge statement statement win. If they, if they beat the chiefs here, I think regardless, whether it's lions, 49ers, people are going to automatically put most of their chips, most of the money and Vegas is going to go on the Ravens. And I think you're going to see a lot of people making those same bets, on the players or rookie cards from that team you know they're very much correlated uh and so i would look at the skill position guys as well as lamar jackson you got a guy like isaiah likely who has a limited supply of rookie cards guy's been an absolute stud and um mark andrews still hobbled uh you can see clear chemistry with isaiah likely and whenever lamar does pass you know it's likely <laughs> No pun intended. He's likely to find likely open. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think that's what you're going to see. And you're going to see the prices spike heading into the game because they always extend. You have that extra week period between the championship game and the Super Bowl. So you're going to see prices climb heading into the game. And then it's the game. Everybody's partying, having a good time. And then you kind of see prices flatline or dip a little bit only then to people to start getting excited again when uh, when free agency rolls around. Fantastic breakdown. You kind of did. You kind of answered my final question for you there, Andy. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, the Ravens kind of looking like the team to beat this year. Uh, what is your prediction for the Super Bowl participants and what that matchup is going to look like? Yeah, I, th I think the Ravens are going to uh, take this. I, I can't see anybody beating them. I think they're just too complete of a team top to bottom. They've got too many uh, tricks up their sleeve. Uh, I don't think... 
we've seen really them in a in a situation where they've been desperate to score points and play from behind and stuff. So I'm really, really interesting to see how good this defense is at blitzing Patrick Mahomes and see that's the that's the one thing that Patrick Mahomes has struggled um, against when you can get serious, real pressure on him. Uh, sometimes he does some wild stuff. You know, sometimes he executes, right? It's just unreal, some of the passes and stuff he makes. But, I mean, the Ravens have swarmed teams this year. I mean, look at what they did to C.J. Stroud last week, and that was after C.J. Stroud uh, just looked like an absolute stud the week before. So, yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm really interested to see how good the Ravens play against the Chiefs. So I, I think the Ravens are going to win, and then I think – you know, Lions at 49ers. Oh man. I'm kind of I'm rooting for the Lions because the 49ers have been a dynasty uh force the past few years. So I'm rooting for the Lions. Sorry, 49ers fans. I like the underdog story, but I think this is gonna be very close. And after seeing how close it was between the Packers and the 49ers, I gotta think the Lions can win this thing, man. The Lions can absolutely win this thing, and it's it's gonna come down to uh, how well they play on defense. And they've got some good playmakers. Let's see how well they can play on defense. Um, you know, that's if you look at their passing defense, that's where they're the weakest. You know, they're 30th right now in yards allowed per pass, 16th overall. The run defense has been solid. So let's see. Can they stop Christian McCaffrey? And can they uh, put pressure on Brock Purdy and force him to make some mistakes? If they win that turnover battle, this is a Lions game because I think they'll score. I mean, their their run offense is top five, fourth in the league overall. Their passing offense is top ten. It's ninth overall. They've got a lot of great weapons. Jared Goff under protection is a fantastic quarterback. So that's my prediction. In uh, Ravens Lions, and I think ultimately Ravens win. You know, I know Andy hasn't just been rooting for the Lions this year. I think he's been on record for rooting for the Lions since all the way back in 2021 when I first started linking up with Andy and creating content and uh, listening to the football card quest. He's he's been he's been behind the Lions for a while now, and so um, but but I got a question for you since I'm horrible at predicting the outcome of games. My general football card strategy right now for the audience is to essentially list any player for any of these four teams heading into this conference championship weekend down to like Dalvin Cook, who most people might not even realize plays for the Ravens right now. And the reason why is I think you could do it in a buy it now or best offer scenario based on recent comps in the event that Dalvin Cook does something against the Chiefs, or to your point, Isaiah Likely. I mean, he he was he he scored a couple of touchdowns, and uh, he could do it again. And so I think you need to take advantage of these opportunities, not knowing how much longer these teams are going to last. I mean, it's been single game elimination for the last couple of weeks. People need to, I think, pay attention to that and have all their cards listed at least in a buy it now or best offer format. If it's a card they really want to get rid of, I would list it in an auction for any of these four teams. Of course, you know, we're holding we're holding our Mahomeses back a little bit. We're holding our Lamar Jacksons, maybe our Goffs, maybe our Purdy's back. But even for a guy like Christian McCaffrey, you just never know what's going to happen with a running back as good as he is. So Andy, 
Would you agree with my overall football card strategy related to all of these guys? What's your what's your take on that? Yeah, I do agree because yeah, I've, I've for example, I've been holding some Justice Hill for a long time. I mean, I'm eager to uh, take advantage of all eyes on one matchup and try and and try and move them. You know, so it's a fantastic time. It, you're not going to get any. A higher level of attention except for week one of the season you know or, or the nfl draft i mean this is the accumulation of the entire season so everybody's going to be tuned in there's probably going to be 50 100 million i don't know the exact statistics but if there's like average monday night football games i know we were looking at like a month ago uh between the vikings and somebody else and there was like 33 million people tuned into that i mean so we're talking you know probably somewhere in the 100 million neighborhood of people watching each one of these games. I mean, that's, that's a ton of eyeballs and there's going to be a ton of, of uh, hobby enthusiasts also watching this game that are, that are going to want to, you know, take action on what they're seeing and go over to eBay or go over to com C and, you know, make some deals. Yeah. I think you compared it to a world series game back in October, just a regular Monday night football game to a World Series game, like a big World Series game, like a deciding game. And so I think that, uh, yeah, no better time than now to list those cards. That's why you're listening to us and watching us and not some of the other uh, sports card podcasts out there. But uh, honestly, Football Card Quest is like my second favorite podcast in the world behind the Sports Card Strategy Show. And I'm not even saying that only because Andy's on the show. I literally do listen to every single episode of the Football Card Quest, and I don't listen to many other podcasts. So um, I want to segue into something real quick that I want to get Andy's take on. Actually, actually, two different things. The first thing is something kind of different than what we normally talk about. As we all know, in the hobby, there's a million different potential plays. I mean, we tend to focus a lot on online plays where you can buy on eBay or you can buy on other marketplaces at the right time, the right card for the right player at the right time and be able to scale it through basically buying online and selling online. However, of course, there's local hobby shops, there's card shows. Connor and I are going to be at Culture Collision. We're going to be at the National. We're going to be at the Nash Dashional in about a month and a half here in Nashville. We're going to link up with Andy. We're going to visit the CGC headquarters together. So we're going to be doing a lot out in the community. Well, something that we all do pretty much all the time these days is uh, go grocery shopping for our family. And so I was doing that and I was at Target. And uh, of course, anytime I go to Target or Walmart, I have to I have to tell the family I got to go over to the sports card aisle as, as one would expect. Mm -hmm. And so I found something that I don't normally find on the shelves and it was a sealed complete set and it was of the 2023 Donruss football and it was it was $49 and as we all know I do not rip wax I do not rip wax for a sports card strategy I do not recommend it I do however buy wax and put cool packs in our premium packs for our premium members who renew past their free 30-day trial period that's pretty much the only reason why I buy wax but I made an exception I thought, you know what, for $49, something that's interesting with this new PSA special that's out, this $15 a card, is I could buy a complete set of Don Russ. And one of the reasons why I don't rip wax is because you don't know who you're getting. But when you buy a complete set, 
you do know who you're getting. And I thought, you know what? The math on this is like less than 50 cents for each of these cards. And then I could submit it. And so I'm basically in at under $20 a card with this PSA special. And if I can get anywhere between 30 and $80 for a PSA 10 back for each of these players, I'm doing pretty well. So here's what I did. I, I, this was a play from I'm staring at it on the rack and I'm like, should I do this? And it's the only complete set left. And I said, if I do this, I have to do it with a selling marker in mind. I have to do it with a full, complete sports card strategy in mind. So I play it out right there with my daughter in Target. And I go, Samantha, if I buy this, I'm going to open it. I'm going to pull out about 13 of the best rookies. I'm going to submit them at the 10 card minimum for this $15 a card PSA grading special. I'm going to get PSA 10s, damn it. And then I'm going to list them for auction in September. When everyone's hype about the football season, and I'm going to take all the guesswork out of it. I'm going to list them right about week one. And so I got CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Will Levis, Puka Nakua, Sam Laporta, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Devon A-Chain, Zay Flowers, my guy Jaden Reed from Michigan State University, Rasheed Rice, Tajay Spears, Jordan Addison, Tank Dell, and Hendon Hooker from the Detroit Lions. And you know what, guys? I went ahead and submitted these to PSA today at my local right. UPS store. So I'm in at about $16, $17 per card. I'm going to keep you guys updated on this play. This is something I don't normally do. Andy, what do you think? Uh, fantastic, man. I, I look at the PSA 9 even for CJ Stroud-based Honoris. Or the ten, the ten's one hundred and ninety dollar card on average. Uh, right now is about one hundred and fifty dollars in auction after the playoff elimination. The PSA nine though is still going for sixty two to sixty five dollars. So I mean that's already paying for that box alone, and you have a ninety five percent chance of converting the raw card to at least a nine or ten. Um, there's a fifty eight percent chance right now of converting the raw card to a PSA ten. That's better than uh, coin toss and those factory sets. They're not in like a soft foil pack. So from my experience, those have come in a little bit better condition. They're normally always very crisp. And so I think you probably are going to get over half of those as back as tens. Maybe, maybe, maybe you get lucky and you get 75% of them back as tens. You get the Stroud as a 10, the Richardson as a 10, and uh, maybe the Puka Nakua as a 10. That would be phenomenal and and man you're you're, you're i mean you're making huge profit off of that that purchase nice yeah i can speak from my personal experience that they they all looked like tens they they all looked perfectly centered um to your point about being in that that hard box like packed in nice and tight all the rated rookies are at the back so i knew exactly where to go just went all went through all the rated rookies i'll post a video of myself doing this uh soon at youtube.com slash paul hickey so definitely subscribe to the channel and you can see the full breakdown of me doing this play but uh it got me kind of excited and i think you know thinking of these types of things is something that we should all do and i but i gotta say too like to your point about puka nakua like i probably wouldn't have been this hype on it if it was maybe just the quarterbacks and, you know, we had we had some great comments in the live chat a minute ago um, about, you know, James Wainwright 
And shout out to, to our live chat real quick. Mr. T, James Wainwright, One Galaxy Germ, Oh My Shoes in the house, Shane Graham in the house, Brian Steeler 714 Great to see everybody. Great points in the live chat. Uh, I think James Wainwright said, uh, you know, you got to look at the skill position players. Connor and Andy, you guys did a great job breaking down the skill position players in the last segment. But I think it was really the skill position players like Jameer Gibbs, like Puka Nakua for sure. That really got me hype on this play because there's more than just the quarterbacks in this set. I don't think, I want to clarify though, because I think a lot of times our audience gets like really caught up in our plays. And I appreciate that about the nooffseason.com fam. But I have to underscore the fact that like this is not a long-term thing. This was like a, this is a quick get in. I'm going to get out right away. I am not holding these base Donruss long-term. I'm, 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 I may sell them as soon as I get them back to Andy's point about the market still being hot or the longest I'm going to wait is going to be September, 2024. And by then, even though the Stroud's selling for like 160 right now, which is insane, it may only be selling for about 60 if I hold it that long. So I'm definitely going to be following the market and uh and looking to move out of this and thanks mr t for the love in terms of uh uh i will definitely let you know mr t asking us uh, asking me to let everybody know how i make out and asking I'll, and i definitely will let everybody know thanks mr t and mr t's asking should i rip my don Russ sets from past years um andy what do you what do you think about that one i mean i i would say he i would say go through the same exercise i went through the exercise i went through is like who is in the set you know, what am I guaranteed to get? And what what does this sell for in like a PSA 8, 9, and 10? And how much did I pay for the set? What's going to be the entry fee to get into the play now with the grading and all that? But what would you say to Mr. T? I know Mr. T is a football card quester. So shout yeah, out that's a that's a great question, man. Um, you know, you, you people know who's in it, right? So 2020, you know, all the incredible quarterbacks and skill position players in it. 2021, you kind of have to ask yourself, is it, is it, is there, you know, enough players in there, you know, um, and it's potential, right? Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Jamar Chase, um, Devonta, Devonta Smith and stuff. And so, yeah, I, I think there, I think you could, especially if you got it at retail prices. So you bought it at 50 bucks, I mean, the thing is, on all all years of Donruss, you have over a 50% chance of converting the raw card to a 10. And I think that's consistent whether you grade with PSA, CGC, SGC, or whoever. Um, you're going to have a over 50% chance of converting that raw card to a PSA 10 in those complete sets. And that then makes it advantageous when you look at the cost per grade uh, on average uh, per card to grade you you're gonna you're gonna hit on some pretty big and you're gonna break even on some others but overall i think you're gonna make money easily on uh, buying that complete set at a retail price yeah i think 2020 class great point 2020 class seems like definitely want to do it with especially jordan love going nuts at the end of the season that just added another value point to that 2020 complete set so let us know what you do mr t um but 2021's point Maybe not so much. And this is actually a really great segue into our next segment, which is my flyer, flyer, flyer alert, my super sleeper of the year. So this is not a flag plant. This is just a fun, super sleeper play. I want to get Andy's take on it. I've already started the play. I know many of you who are familiar with the show might laugh at me because I've been poked fun at as the guy who doesn't have fun he just cares about making money but i'm having a little bit of fun with this one i'm not gonna lie because i think we all 
get our kicks from being able to be a little bit of a general manager to a certain extent with our sports card plays. And so I am looking at the fact that the Cowboys got eliminated, that it irked the you-know-what out of Jerry Jones, that the Cowboys traded for Trey Lance and actually gave up quite a bit. They gave up. If you, if you dial this in from a football operations perspective, they gave up a 2024 for fourth round draft pick. They paid a $5.3 million cap hit for 2024. They have until May to exercise a $19.1 million fifth-year option for 2025 on Trey Lance. And they're paying Dak Prescott a D-ton of money. And so what I'm doing right now is I'm looking at if they exercise this fifth-year option on Trey Lance in May, I'm thinking that's a sign that he could go into 2025 potentially. Now, this is super flyer, super penny stock, may not happen, but I think we all like this stuff. And that's why we're all together in the nooffseason.com fam because we like this kind of stuff. And so I don't get into it too often. I've been pretty safe, pretty Dave Ramsey of sports cards-esque for the last several months. But I have purchased two Trey Lance autographs in the last week trying to go where they ain't a little bit. I bought a 2021 Obsidian Electric Etch green out of 50 raw that looks pretty good for under $50. And I bought a 2021 Obsidian Trey Lance jersey patch green out of 75 BGS 8510 Auto. It says Jersey Patch in the title, but the card does not have a Jersey Patch in it, and I'm actually good with that because I don't even think the Jersey Patches sell for as well as just the, the Obsidian out of 75 sticker autos, and I got that for under $40. So I'm looking at Trey Lance, under $40 or $50, try to snipe bargain basement prices for fun, because he was the third overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft. And so, and he's, he hasn't played. Like, we've seen Zach Wilson falter. We've seen Mac Jones falter. Like, we've seen Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence actually on a much better trajectory than those other names. So we kind of know what those other four guys are, but we don't know who Trey Lance is yet. And he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Andy, give it to me straight here, man. What, <laughs> am I doing something wrong here? What, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen a huge sample size of him in the NFL. Uh, I think a, a total of eight games over 2021 and 2022, um, where, in, you know, two of those, actually three of those games in 2021 really don't count. Uh, the other three, only one of them was, uh, was a decent game. He still threw a pick. But then in 2022, he played that one rain game against Chicago which he had a 46% completion percentage. He held on to the ball too long. He threw an interception. Uh, and, and then against Seattle, he gets hurt, you know, uh, running the ball. So, you know, overall, 31 pass attempts from 2022, 48% completion percentage, really bad, going to be bottom of the league, and only 6.3 yards per attempt, too, shows that he wasn't even 
confident in throwing it down the field. Uh, and I don't think Kyle Shanahan wanted him to either. So it's pretty amazing that they took uh, that big of a, a, a discount getting rid of him that they did because they did spend a number three overall pick. And you know Dallas has a lot of confidence in Cooper Rush, which is behind Dak Prescott, who I think Cooper Rush is going to be like a you know lifelong backup quarterback. But he's a solid backup quarterback. It's kind of like having Gardner Minshew on your roster or something, you know. So Trey Lance is going to have his competition if he does get an opportunity to start again. Uh, and but I could see him like maybe flashing in training camp or preseason. And you know, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Like so, I pulled him up. He's actually had 24 buy it now best offer solds in the past 24 hours. People added 20 Trey Lance cards to PSA database over the past week. And in fact, like some of his um, rookie autos are still selling. Like, I mean, I'm looking at a certified serial number out of 15. Still selling an auction, of course, for $40. I think the last buy it now I see is $150 uh, PSA 9 red prism rookie auto out of serial numbered out of 149 for 150. So I think there's still, I think there's a bigger market for Trey Lance on the Cowboys than there would be uh, in other markets. And with how cheap they are, I guess you really don't have much downside. It's close to the floor. So I could see him getting some hype maybe in training camp preseason. I find it a hard time to believe though, he's going to um, have any type of, of stretch of regular season games that are good, like Jordan Love or something. Uh, I, just, I just don't see it out of Trey Lance. So the times I have seen him play, I think he holds the ball too long and he's got a slow release. And I think the guy is really injury prone with the way that he takes hits. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be my hesitations on Trey Lance. I would be wanting to sell him on some type of like rumor hype or news hype versus hey let's see if this guy actually performs well and the and the price increase sustains and try and you know milk that for more than 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 uh maybe like a a 10 20 increase you said the magic word there three times hype and that's all i care about you broke down i'm not gonna debate you on uh his his football skills as we all know for those of you familiar with the show i don't care about whether or not he's a good football player. I'm just buying low and then selling during August when he's getting some preseason reps and there's hype all around him. So A-Web in the live chat says he's been holding on to a Lance one-of-one one Origins swoosh. I hope that uh, A-Web didn't pay too much for that Origins swoosh and that he can maybe sell it for a profit during the same selling marker that I'm looking at, which would be the August... 2024 preseason when Jerry Jones just wants to see what he has in Trey Lance. That's my selling marker. We always say don't buy without a selling marker in mind. So even for these super sleeper plays, that's my selling marker. Andy Kaysen, thanks so much for joining us. Andy Kaysen of the Football Card Quest, footballcardquest.com. Strong, strong part of the nooffseason.com sports card network. Connor, did you have anything else you want to talk to Andy about before we let him go? I think we got everything covered, Andy. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, with all your fantastic insight, and we appreciate you making the time for us today. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Go Lions. Good luck this weekend to everybody. I hope you guys enjoy it. I just hope it's a good game. I don't want to see any blowouts. Let's keep it within one score till the end. Uh, but I appreciate you guys, as always. It's been a lot of fun. You guys are great partners. Peace. Andy, you're the man. Great having you on. 
And I totally agree with Andy in terms of uh, let's just have a good game. Let's just have a good game. You know, two good games this weekend would be all I can really ask for. And uh, yeah, Connor, Andy is the man. He is the man. I mean, uh, we love him and Carter and Steve and uh, all the other great content creators that he works with at uh, Football Card Quest. Highly, highly recommend that you guys all check them out. And we know many of you have because uh, we, we see a lot of names in the live chat that actually came over to us from the Football Card Quest. So we're super grateful for that. And uh, all right, Connor, back over to you, man. Uh, what do you got for us next here? Just real quick, I totally agree on everything you mentioned about Andy there. He is a bank of knowledge, a literal bank of knowledge. You can ask him any question about football, and it seems like he's prepared with an answer. Uh, another person that's a bank of knowledge is our guy, Dr. Crack, Chad Gill. We're going to stick with the football theme for today uh, and get a little play from Chad Gill on uh, creating value uh, on, a, on a specific quarterback that we've talked about buying lately. So go ahead and uh, cue up Chad Gill for me, Paul. Here we go, Dr. Crack. Do it. All right, the next one is none other than the card that we've talked about in previous episodes. If you would have listened to us back in spring, early summer, and bought this card and sold it at the beginning of the season, you would have profited already from this card, Connor. This is none other than Joe Burrow himself. Right now, coming off the injury, the eyes are not on Joe Burrow. Card prices are slipping. He is at some all-time lows for the last 365 days. This is the perfect time to go out and get yourself some Joe Burrow. And it removes a lot of the risk when you're buying and cracking. So, or you're buying and you're grading. Either one removes a lot of risk rather than paying the big price and then watching it fall or hoping for it to go up. So this card right now, unbelievable that this card right now in raw condition, Connor, this is the Concourse Silver, by the way. Concourse Silver card number 46. Raw condition last sale was $12.38 on New Year's Eve. $12.38 for a base raw silver Joe Burrow. I can't believe this. When we were buying this card spring and summer we were telling people to pay up to $25 and if you did you got it you were getting a good deal this is half price Connor this card has a gem rate of 58.8 percent there have been 849 of these graded 653 of them I'm sorry I've <laughs> 1545 of these have been graded 909 of them have been gem rated 10. 58.8%. Of the 1545, 37.7% get PSA 9s. That's 583. That's a total of 1,492 of the 1,545 cards for a 96.6% of a PSA 9 or higher. $12.38. $15 current PSA special. You're talking $27 to $30 maybe with shipping involved. So let's just call it $30. The PSA 9 on a 365-day low is at $41 as of New Year's Eve. The PSA 10 is down to $105 as of New Year's Eve. 
I don't see these prices coming down much more than this. And even if they do, the as soon as the news pops that he's starting to throw the ball again in, in June or July, my sell marker for him is going to be on this card. My sell marker is the national. I don't know if you know mm. this, Connor. The national is in Cleveland, Ohio. Yes, Cincinnati's sir. pretty close by. Joe Burrow is going to be one of the hottest cards at the national. Football's always hot. Burrow has been hot the last two, three years, but now a national in Ohio. Are you kidding me? Buy yourself some Burrow, get it graded, sell at the national. Do not wait for preseason. Sell at the national. As long as he is, as long as he's throwing footballs by then, which he should be. I love this play. The and the um the marker being the national is fantastic, Chad. It's almost we've been talking about using Halliburton playing the all-star game basically at home as a marker. It's a similar type thing, right? You're just gonna have so much more attention in your near or in your home state. Um, and I think another thing to consider with Burrow, we've talked about it being his floor right now. I totally agree. I'm curious, I'm curious to see what you think here, but I think one of the reasons that we're seeing uh maybe a drop even further than expected is because there's so many contenders this year that people aren't even focused on focusing on the teams that have been not like no one cares about anyone that's been knocked out right now or is even on the cusp because we got like six contenders that really matter. So this is like the biggest example for a Joe Burrow card of timing wise, being able to go where they ain't. And it's Joe freaking Burrow people. Joey B. Yeah. I, I, when I saw this, I love this play. I, as I was putting this together for this, uh, I went online and I bought, I bought 19 of them in the last, uh, well, since, um, since Christmas. Um, so between Christmas and New Year's, I've bought, uh, I probably averaged closer to $15 a piece because I was smacking some $15 buy it nows because I was too anxious. When I saw the numbers on this, I'm like, I can't wait for all these auctions to end. So I, I matter of fact, I got a couple of them at $17 and $18 because at $25 back in June, the play that I made, if you guys remember me talking about my win of the week, uh, my borough um play made me almost 800 bucks with 20 of them um so i'm making that play all over again i'm shooting for 20 of them again and uh i'm hoping to to make 800 to a thousand dollars or more again i love it yeah we're definitely excited to hear uh another w of the week from you once these turn around and i love something that's awesome about chad is his, his money is always where his mouth is he's never going to recommend something to you guys that he has not tried tested or knows to be true for himself so i love that out of Dr. Crack, and I love this play. Real quick, uh, before we move along, right before you started talking about Burrow, you were talking about how grading uh, and submitting slash, or I'm sorry, you were talking about how cracking could potentially remove risk. Can you elaborate um, on how it removes risk for people that are interested in doing it um, and why it, it does remove that risk? Yeah, and we'll we'll get into the cracking here uh, in a little bit, but um, when you, the reason why it removes the risk, Connor, is because you're, instead of buying a raw card, if, if I'm new to this flipping, right, you're, you're relatively new, you're getting your feet back underneath you, it's not easy to go to a card show or to go online and to look at a card and tell whether or not that card is going to get a 9 or a 10, right? right? When we talk about gem rates, you have to understand, when we talk about gem rates, these are the cards that get sent into PSA. This is not all cards. You can't just carte blanche go buy 
20 Joe Burrows at a card show and expect to get the these gem rate numbers. These gem rate numbers are card guys like you and I that go and we buy 20 of them. We pick out the 10 or 15 or 18 that we think look like they could gem. And then we get these 70 and 80% gem rates. That's after we've done our due diligence and we think that they're 10s. You can't just go buy cards, carte blanche without doing it. So where the risk is mitigated, you're taking a card that a, a proven grading company has already looked at. A professional grader has looked at this card and they said, hey, Connor, I work for SGC and this card is a SGC 9.5. You don't have to worry about buying a card from some schlup at a card show that the thing has got bad corners and he doctored it up with a marker to make the, the edges look white or black. Um, you don't have to worry about any of that when you're when you're starting out because you're taking a professional grader's opinion. You're being careful, you're cracking it out, and you're getting another professional grader's opinion. That's where it mitigates the risk. That's where you have a very, as long as you do it like we tell you, and you do it where there's a very low floor but a high ceiling, uh, I think that it's probably, and that's why I do it so much, I think it's the least risky play in card flipping. A lot of good stuff that we can break down there. Paul, one thing I want to discuss is, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is buying the right player and the right card at the right time. I want to I want to make something clear. I think that depending on what your strategy, there's a lot of ways to make money, right? And Dr. Chad is a Dr. Crack is a testament to that. You see it uh, on a segment by segment basis in here, all the interesting plays that he finds that are possible to make money with. But um, when we're talking about our regular strategies, I think it's important to mention that you can have the right player and have a completely different strategy that has a different card and it still be the right card depending on the play that you're making. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think there's like for a player like Joe Burrow, there's a lot of different right cards for sure. And uh, I think it's a mix of liquidity. It's a mix of is the market down for that particular card? Um you know, Andy, Andy earlier on today's show kind of put put out a lot of great data on how many different different types of rookie cards each player has. Burrow is a guy with 5,000 or more rookie cards. And, you know, 99% of those 5,000 are not cards that we would recommend trading or, you know, for, from a flipping standpoint. But there are multiple right cards for Joe Burrow. For sure. And there are multiple right cards for a lot of other players out there. But but the the guidelines for picking the right cards are all at Sports Card School. Uh, they're all there. So if you're not a premium member at NoOffSeason.com, definitely check out a free 30-day trial today and go right into Sports Card School and find the lesson uh, with guidelines, strategies, and plays in it. And there is a spreadsheet there, a Google sheet that you can access um, that will help you find the right cards for, you know, Whatever kind of player you're looking at, whatever kind of sport, we really try to break it down there. And then, of course, you get unlimited uh, questions that we answer on the Overflow Show. So we want to help you find the right card, especially if you're new to our show and new to the hobby. Yeah, good, good clarification there, Paul. I think the direction that I was trying to go essentially was uh, the way I should have phrased it is because Joe Burrow is who he is, there, there are more options potentially for, for you guys to make plays in different price ranges and different strides that you can execute there. But good clarification, Paul. Um, speaking of making money, 
Uh, we got audience members that are trying to make money this year, and we're excited to be helping them do that uh, as a year carries itself along. One of our guys that's trying to do that uh, is Marty Friel himself. He's got some 2024 goals uh, that, that he wants to discuss, and we're pumped to have him on the show. So, uh, Marty Friel, go ahead and take things away. The Friel deal. Hello, everybody in the Sports Cards Strategy Show Network. This is Marty Friel, and uh, Paul and Connor asked me to share some of my goals for 2024 card collecting, which is a great time to be reviewing this stuff because it was about this time last year that I went ahead and made my uh, foray back into the sports card collecting world, found these guys a little bit too late when it came to... Uh, how to get back in and building a collection and so on and so forth. And so I think some of my goals are more related to things that I've learned and not repeating those things and even trying to cut them out because I still do some of them um, so that I can be a little bit more focused and profitable. Ironically, some of the things that uh, Paul mentioned uh, in this week's show um, are some of the things that were already on my list when they asked me to make the video. Um, so that, that kind of tracks pretty well. Um, the first thing that I can say is consolidate my collection. That kind of talks to them, their point about focusing on specific sports, specific athletes, um, specific time frames, instead of casting a wide net. It's too hard to track and it's too time consuming. There's not enough money in it for me to uh, justify all of the, the, the different things that I'm following. I got a lot of hunches. I got to avoid being uh, spontaneous with those hunches. Um, which goes with one of my other major goals or mistakes that I'm trying to avoid is avoiding impulse buys. I had a tendency to follow something on eBay, not look at the listing enough to know what, what it was, uh, check the details, read the descriptions. Um, and it, now Chad has the new uh, tool that we can use to take a picture of the card and measure the sides to see if it's centered or not, um, all those different things. I never did any of that last year, so I ended up with a huge collection of raw cards sitting over here that um, just not worth much, if anything. So um, looking to, to do a little bit more in-depth research on my cards before I buy them um, so that I'm not impulse buying, so that I'm buying better cards, um, and so that I'm uh, consolidating. Um, I'm also doing Paul's idea, one of the things that I love about the auction idea is that you're locked into selling the card. Uh, so one of the things that I'm doing is the things that I know are not worth much is I don't really care anymore if uh, I paid $5 for a card. I don't care if it sells for 99 cents. I just want to get the 99 cents and be able to put that back into something. And also it's one less thing to track. So that's uh, my main focus of this year. Um, all of them are related. The last thing I would say is buying less wax. It's fun. I enjoy it. Let's be real. There's not much money in it. And there's too much work to get to the point where you are making money, even if you are. Um, so I'll buy it occasionally just for the fun of it. I have a buddy that runs some breaks. I jump in occasionally just to give him some support too. Um, but that can be my level of fun. And so I have to have the uh, self-control to avoid some of that stuff. So just my two cents, things I'm working on uh, for next year. And um, yeah, looking forward to seeing what I can do in 24 compared to the mistakes that I made getting back in. And hopefully the things that I've had to say throughout the year have helped you all um, learn from my mistakes, same as Paul and uh, Lefty and, and Chad are trying to do uh, with their show. So 
Um, looking forward to next year. Appreciate all the help everybody is. I, I love the interaction in the Discord. Um, but thanks for everything, and we'll definitely be uh, sending more videos in. See ya. Thanks, Marty. The Freel deal. Great stuff. Great stuff. I love hearing from our audience members, Connor. I love hearing their goals and how they've learned over the last year. For those of you who are new to our audience, we call it the nooffseason.com fam and uh, welcome in. Definitely uh, email me at paul at nooffseason.com if you'd like to share your goals or your experiences with us and be on the show. We'd love to have you. There's also the Discord, of course, sportscardstrategy.com is where you can find the links to our, our Facebook group, our Discord. Uh, follow me on Instagram at sportscardstrategy. We would love to hear from you. So speaking of our amazing audience, I did get a question from Blake Turner via email. Um, had a question for you and or the pod. Wasn't sure the best way to send in, so I figured I would email you. Paul, wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of cards I have, one being a 2023 Prism Draft scoot henderson color blast psa 10 i believe pop one he says well the the way to look that up blake and everybody else out there is go to psacard.com slash cert c-e-r-t after the slash and then type in the certification number that's on your psa label and see what the actual pop count is it'll tell you uh, in a PSA 10, how many there are. And it, um, and then, but you would have to find like a, uh, a PSA eight or a PSA nine of that card and type in that certification number to get that data that way. Although you could probably also do it um, at a, a website like um, gemrate.com. Anyway, he says, I picked it up at a card show for $250 and was going to wait on a selling marker and or the Blazers to be relevant. But now I'm worried that the value will decrease after NBA Prism comes out. Do you think I should hold until another potential selling marker or go ahead and unload since his NBA prism will be coming out soon? Basically the same question for a 2023 prism draft scoot Henderson gold PSA 10 and a 2023 prism Wemby snakeskin PSA 10. Love the pod and appreciate all the help. Blake, thanks so much for the question. Okay. So he's got three, three questions in here. Let's unpack it. And, and really, I understand this because we talk about it a lot. For those of you who are new to the show, we talk about the fact that every time a new release comes out for a rookie and it's, it's the player's rookie year, we talk about that new release essentially superseding the previous release and making and devaluing the previous release because really not only do better releases come out throughout the year of more desirable cards, but it's really also just the basic supply and demand principles. You just see more supply of a player's cards. You see the supply increase with essentially the same demand. The same audience is looking to buy the card during those, the 12 month period when all the rookie cards are coming out during their rookie year. Um, and then, you know, you, you have just more and more supply. So it's just, it's just natural economics just devalues the card. And I typically say wait until three to six months after the last rookie card release of that player before you start buying in because that is when the market has settled. And so, but I'm going to unpack this because these are unique cards that Blake has. So the Prism Draft Wemby Snakeskin PSA 10, I would list that right now in a, I, I've been saying, Seven to 10 day auctions starting on a Wednesday night. Why? Because it would end on a Wednesday night or it would end on a Saturday night. And all of those nights are big NBA nights. You would get two 
NBA Wednesday nights, you would get a Friday and a Saturday in there. And in some cases, if you do a 10-day auction, you'd get two Saturday nights. And so I think Wemby is playing very, very well right now. I mean, Embiid put up 70 on him, but he had 34, I think, in that game. And he's, he's playing really, really well. So I think you got to sell that Wemby card now, Blake. Um, if you go backwards and look at your Scoot Henderson Gold PSA 10 out of 2023 Prism Draft, and your, I'm going to group this together with the Color Blast. Good news for you, Blake. Even though you bought at the wrong time, you did buy the right cards at the time, meaning you have a short, a super short print Color Blast that's a PSA 10, and you have a gold Prism PSA 10. Even though it's out of Prism Draft, it's out of 10 because it's gold. Golds are out of 10. It should be out of 10. And so these are very low pop, highly desirable cards, even though they will be superseded. What I would look at for Scoot would be the Rising Stars game, Connor. Because if you look at the Rising Stars game, it's during NBA All-Star Weekend. We talk about NBA All-Star Weekend being after the Super Bowl when people are more into basketball, more into buying basketball cards and prospecting around basketball cards. And um, Scoot Henderson played in this game last year and he should play in it again. He was part of, he was, didn't he play in it last? I'm looking at last year's uh, rosters, uh, NBA G league. He played in something in all-star weekend last, last year. And he should play in this again. Connor, do you have any, inf any thoughts or info on that? Uh, I don't want to give uh, incorrect information, but I believe there was uh, some sort of faction of G league represented in the rising stars game last year. And that's where Scoot would have seen an appearance. Um, but I do think that the Rising Stars game is is a great marker for trying to liquidate this card. Um, and and something else that I want to add uh, on Scoot's name, I know he's really struggling, and probably people are probably thinking, well, we don't really want to buy him anyway right now, which is great because we want you guys waiting, hanging tight, like Paul's saying, uh, for the right time to buy his cards. I do think that that time when it when it comes and those cards are out and it's time to buy Scoot Henderson, we're kind of we're going to be seeing a different version of him. I think that uh, right now it's tough to to put a handle on a guy that's shooting 36% from the field uh, and is really struggling in his rookie season. You know, there were a lot of people com com comparing him in terms of hype to Wimbenyama, obviously very different players, but in terms of hype uh, and excitement, everyone was very excited and thought Scoot Henderson was league ready. A couple things to discuss uh, and why I think he will still be a good buy when the time comes to buy him. Uh, this percentage and lack of efficiency is something that you see a lot with young guards in the NBA. And he's also been battling injury and he didn't go to college. Uh, he played in G League. Um, and played on G League Ignite. So he did have some reps, but it's not particularly the same development-wise as college potentially. Um, and back to efficiency, look at Jalen Green and, and a guy that we love, Emmanuel Quickly. Jalen Green's in his third year and still shooting 39% from the field. And Emmanuel Quickly, who we love, shooting 41% this year and in his rookie year shot 39.5%. Uh, and we're both still pretty high on those guys. So I don't think that Scoot Henderson is someone that we can kind of cross off the list as being a bust already. And I think he still has upside. So... Like Paul was mentioning, now is not necessarily the time to be buying him, but do look for those cards to come out. We'll make sure to let you guys know when the buying opportunity presents itself. Yeah, great analysis of Scoot, Connor. I really, really like that. And I think, you know, for Blake Turner's cards, I think that I would I would execute the sales of the Wemby and the Scoot. Wemby now, 7 to 10-day auction starting on a Wednesday night. Scoot, same thing, but wait until after he's announced as part of that rising stars game and probably leading into and through that NBA all-star weekend. And look, if they don't sell, you know, do high, 
high minimum bid. High minimum bid, Blake. Uh, don't don't put yourself in a position where your minimum bid is below what you paid for those cards. Put your minimum bid higher than what you paid for those cards. Uh, that way, when it sells, you at least have some profit. And if it doesn't sell, you still have it. Because to Connor's point, Scoot could be very good. And even though these are not pro-uniform cards, they actually will be highly desirable cards for people who want to collect Scoot Henderson. So I really like what Connor added there. Hopefully that helps, Blake. And uh, Connor, what else do we have queued up for the audience QA? Yeah, let's hop right into things. Up first, we got a new listener says, sorry, just found the show, A Web. I love seeing these messages in the chat. We are pumped to have you here. A uh, couple good questions that kind of relate to each other. First, are you guys all about flipping? Uh, or are there certain players that you hold for long-term value and also added? Wouldn't Joe Burrow be a long-term hold? Paul, discuss uh, kind of our strategies to try to make money uh, depending on cash flow needs and and what our thoughts are in terms of Joe Burrow and potentially holding cards for a long time, hoping that their value goes up. Absolutely. But first, A-Web, welcome to the nooffseason.com family, my man. We love having you here. Uh, hopefully you stick around and and uh, watch more of our shows coming up. We we have Monday and Wednesday and Friday episodes, Monday and Wednesday, right here at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey or on the pod, all the podcast apps. We're also having to be streaming live in a bunch of other lo locations, uh, but I won't bore you with that. You found us here at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. The Friday show is for premium members only, but you can get a free 30-day trial if you want, and there's a lot of great benefits for that. So we are primarily focused on helping you make money flipping sports cards. That is our mission. That is our mission statement. The reason we are, though, is because we want you to enjoy the hobby. We want you to get the maximum possible enjoyment level out of the hobby. And what we've seen since we re-entered the hobby back in around late 2020 is we've seen a lot of people come in and have bad experiences and drop out. And so we strive to be the content creators that want to help you navigate, make the right decisions. As we mentioned earlier on today's show, there's like 7,000 or more Kenny Pickett rookie cards alone. So your odds of coming into the hobby as a newbie or re-entering after, say, 20 or 30 years of collecting and buying the wrong penny Kenny Pickett card are really, really high. And so if you stick with us through our content, we are going to help you navigate that. Whether you're PCing, whether you're flipping to fund your PC or flipping to fund your life, or whether you're doing something a little, a little bit in between, like what you're saying with Joe Burrow being a long-term hold, which we would say more of investing. So that's the answer to the first question. The second question in terms of wouldn't Joe Burrow be a long-term hold? The general blanket statement answer, and our blanket statement guy, Chad Gill, Dr. Crack Chalks Cards is in the house. So welcome into our blanket statement guy, Chad Gill. Love you. I kid. But anyway, the general blanket statement, AWeb, is that yes, Joe Burrow, in theory, is a long-term hold. However, what we do very well is we look at micro markets within the overall sports card market to find specific cards for specific players at specific times that we believe you can go in and buy and then simply time the market later to flip for profit and get out of. And then you can always buy back in later. So Joe Burrow could be a long-term hold depending on the card, but you could be holding that card throughout several months where you could have traded it 
and made money off of that card and then bought that card back later. So it's up to you. If you want to buy, it, it kind of depends on like what, what else is going on in your life. If you have so much going on in your life that you don't have time to make all those different plays and get in and get out and make that money, and you'd rather just hold a Joe Burrow card, that's fine. But believe it or not, you're actually taking on more of a risk holding that card for a guy like Joe Burrow than anything else. His cards have been down, for example, by about 50% since the start, in general, of the 2023 NFL season, just a few months ago. Now we're looking at a time period where you can buy into Joe Burrow and then flip them going into the 2024 NFL season for a profit. So it depends on the card. It really, the short, I just gave you a really long winded answer, a web, because I want you to stick around with us. But the short answer is it depends on the card. Yeah, I think all of that was really well said, Paul. Hopefully uh, that helps you see where we're at. A web definitely pumped to have you around. Hopefully you stay tuned. I want to, you mentioned Chad being in the house. He absolutely is. I want to give a quick disclaimer for Chad and uh, anything that you want to add here, Paul. So uh, Chad does a fantastic job every time we get together and recording and finding uh, really good plays for you guys to potentially make. I do want to, like, in Chad's defense, he gives us so much good content that it's tough to roll out uh, all of it at once. So sometimes you guys are seeing these clips maybe a week or two weeks after they're recorded. So something to keep in mind is uh, the numbers that he's that he's given out may be slight discrepancies to where they've moved from the market over that time period. So be sure to do your own research. Typically, the upside that Chad is pitching really makes it to where it doesn't matter too often because uh, the price point that you're getting in at relative to the upside that's there, it still makes sense to make the play if you're able to find the card. But I did want to make that point. Uh, anything to add there, Paul? Yeah, I think for those of you listening on the podcast apps, basically what happened is Shane Graham, one of our great audience members, came in the live chat and said, hey, I love Chad's play related to the Joe Burrow Select 2020 concourse in terms of buying in bulk and grading, but it's not going to always be the case when you can get them for $12. And I think that's a great point by Shane, and I put that in the chat. And then, you know, definitely defending Chad just a little bit. Not that I don't think, you know, Chad is going to be the first to say, I don't think he feels like he has to defend himself or that we have to defend him. But I think, I think it's all a great discussion because I think all, I think what Shane is saying is very, very true in that even if the recent comps were $12, that doesn't mean like the comps today, because to Connor's point, they do change all the time. And and you and Chad are right. They, they change all the time and that's part of it. But, but even, even so Shane's point stands in that, even if they were still $12 today, that doesn't mean that you can go get the card for $12. But Chad does an amazing job and we need to we need to take all of his, his content with a grain of salt because what he's doing is he's just, he's doing these research-based ideas for you guys to go out and make money. And this is all free content for you guys to try and make money on. And it's backed by Chad's ability to not only creatively find this, but back it up with data and most of the time he's doing it himself. So he knows, hey, maybe I got this card. The recent comps are $12 and I was able to finagle a way to get this card for $12. You might have to pay 20 or even 30 But to your point, Connor, you're still going to make money. So yeah, I think you guys are all very correct on this point and uh, good job clarifying it for the audience. Good stuff. Real quick, Ziggy knows in the house. Good to see you, Ziggy. Thanks for being Ziggy, here. Ziggy, what's up? Let's, let's roll over now to our guy, Justin Stewart. Justin, we've been seeing you in the chat. Don't think I haven't. I've been just accumulating uh, these good comments throughout the show to hit on during the Q&A. So let's kind of dive into them. Starting off, um, let's start off with uh, discussing some of the Andy Kaysen information to clarify for Justin Stewart. He says, I'm confused about this 7,000 different rookie cards uh, statements. 
they have 7,000 different Mookie cards, question mark, exclamation point. Paul, you want to clarify why that number is so large? Yeah, let's just do some like quick, dirty, probably slightly incorrect math, but just follow me here and don't troll me on it because I'm going to get, I'm going to get this math a little wrong in terms of, I'm not going to give accurate numbers in terms of how many releases there actually are in a year, but let's just say there's, let's just say there's 60 releases throughout the year that have Kenny Pickett cards in them. Now that would include like, that can include leaf. It could include weird unlicensed other stuff. It could, and then it's going to include like prism draft picks. That's not the pro uniform. It could potentially include some Bowman stuff um, that that's not in the pro uniform. But then once, the, then when you roll out the pro uniform stuff, essentially what you have, let's just, let's just say 60. So let's say that there's 60 Kenny Pickett releases. And then within each of the 60 releases, there's not one Kenny Pickett rookie card, but there is, one let's say there's one base card but there's usually about at least 50 to 100 variations off of the base card and then you get into a, a release like select which select actually has and chad's gonna jump in here and correct me when i'm wrong on this select has like three different subsets so it's like it's like taking the 50 to 100 parallels off of the base and then multiplying that by three. We haven't even gotten to the inserts yet. We haven't even gotten to the autograph sets that, that Kenny Pickett's in. And so when you start multiplying that 60 number by, say, 300, you get 18,000. <laughs> so Kenny Pickett only has 7,000, but you see my point that you could very, very quickly get to that 7,000 number. And that's not that's not print run, that's not print run. That is just the the unique number of rookie cards that Kenny Pickett has. Hopefully that helps. Yeah, well put there, Paul. Uh, let's let's stick with Justin Sword for another one because I, I think he's got multiple good conversations for us. Uh, I want to touch on this one. He says, "Have a twenty card submission that just completed assembly stage. The order arrived January 9th. It is January twenty fourth. Turnaround time seemed to be speeding up for PSA. Justin Stewart says it too. They share." Sure picked up in turnaround times paul i'm wondering what this is going to do to psa prices because i'm thinking a lot of people are going to start using psa that maybe wouldn't just because that might be why they weren't using them they're using sgc to get to the market first or they want quicker turnaround times or for their pc they just want the card back or whatever it may be are we going to see brand loyalty and demand increase for psa that could in turn see prices jump yeah i mean it's just it's just less barrier to entry i i i think i think yes i think that um, when we, when we saw a backlog two years ago, three years ago, almost, it'll be, it'll be three years this July that PSA essentially shut down and told the entire world, we are not going to accept any new grading submissions unless they're at like $150 a card service level, because we have to get through our multi tens of millions of card backlog in our warehouse first. And that the impact that that had on the card market wasn't so much about pricing. It was about everybody going to SGC. That's when everybody went to SGC. There was no slowing down the sports card world. It just simply went to a different grading company and SGC did a great job. But now there's no barrier to entry with PSA. So I think what you're going to see is probably less of an impact on pricing 
And I know I said yes at the beginning of this question. Your question was around pricing. I'm going to clarify that. I don't think you're going to see much of an impact around around the secondary market response of the to the the secondary market's response to the pricing of PSA slabs. So much as you're just going to see more people grading with PSA, and then let's monitor that because what if PSA? What if that creates another PSA backlog again? So what, I, what I'm saying is I don't know that this is, I don't see a downside for any of the grading companies. I see a healthy market. I see grading companies that over the last three years have staffed up and scaled up their operations to be able to handle the growth and the health of the market. I see PSAs, new specials and quick turnaround time as proof that not only do more and more people want to grade cards, but that PSA can keep up with that demand. And then let's just say they can't. Well, that's great because we know what people are going to do. They're going to go to CGC. They're going to go to SGC. They might go to BGS. They might go to, you know, they might go to other companies like TAG and others that we've talked about. Yeah, good stuff there, Paul. I think uh, for the most part, we've, we've kind of seen across the board from the audience. Hopefully it doesn't cause a backup that has them kind of have to revert to the to the slower turnaround times there. But Let's stick talking grades for a minute. You know, we've been talking CGC uh, slash CSG uh, as of late. Justin Stewart said, I used them a lot when I was into Pokemon. The slabs were great. You may have to sell me pretty hard to convince me to use them for sports, though. Paul, I'm going to kind of loft like a generic conversation starter here from this. So um, I think that we're not necessarily trying to say that they are PSA or that the prices are the same. We're trying to kind of find opportunity here uh, into Justin Stewart's points uh yeah the slabs are very high quality so paul uh what are your thoughts kind of on this overall comment and and our i'm not going to say our mission but kind of how the way we want to use csg's changes and cgc's changes uh to help our audience kind of make money and see opportunity i love it i love it justin stewart nailed this and so did you connor and basically let me just full transparency i will never come and say anything to this audience that i don't think they can make money flipping sports cards on. That's what I care about. That's why I'm here. That's what I love doing what I'm doing. Um, I love all of you. And we talk about a bunch of other things too related to the hobby. And But ultimately, I'm never going to come make a recommendation. Like I'm, not, I'm never going to tell you grade your cards with CGC because it's going to be a better opportunity to make money than grading them with PSA. All of my recommendations will still be around how you can make the most money flipping sports cards and have the best experience as well in the process. Occasionally, we talk about like SGC in certain instances. We talk about cracking a lot of different slabs. One of the things that I want to do with our new relationship with CGC is just simply learn, my, learn more myself about CGC and the value that they're bringing to everybody out there in the hobby and then just simply amplify that. Right. So to me, that's going to be very organic to do because I think all of us here at the Sports Card Strategy Show and the NoOffseason.com fam want to have a good experience in the hobby. We want to have alternatives to PSA in certain scenarios. And a lot of us PC, I don't, but a lot of you PC. I think most of you PC. And so for a PCer who is kind of brand agnostic, we just want to elevate the value proposition that CGC cards is bringing to the table. I will say one thing that I've learned already and I'm hypothesizing on is that CGC has 
switched labels and grading scales so many times in the last two years that there has been mass confusion related to who they are and what they're doing. But there's one thing I've learned, and that is they are the leader in like grading coins, comic books. Like they are the PSA of taking like your comic books to go get graded, your coins, and even your TCG. So there's other great grading companies related to trading card games. But one thing I've learned is that to a certain extent, CGC has the reputation for grading trading card games that PSA does for sports cards. Now imagine a world three, four, five years from now where now that CGC has branded for CGC cards for sports cards, imagine a world three to five years from now where there has been that brand consistency of CGC cards. They haven't switched the label. They haven't switched the grading scale. It's been consistent and it's been CGC cards. It's conceivable that riding their own coattails from the TCG grading into sports cards three to five years from now, we could see CGC labeled slabs rise to the point where they surpass SGC and they're nipping at the heels of PSA on the secondary market because they are backed by the coin grading company, the comic book grading company. I don't know that to be true and I'm not going, I'm not going out there and telling you guys to, to grade your cards with CGC cards for this one particular reason for a play to make money. I'm not going out there and telling you guys to buy CGC uh, CSG slabs on the secondary market and hold them for three, three to five years or get them relabeled or whatever and hold them for three to five years. No, don't get it twisted. I just want to learn more about CGC cards as an ambassador. And so does Andy. And we want to bring more facts to the table more useful information about their value proposition and they're great people. And we think they provide a great service. So I'm glad Justin answered the question. I think it's important that we clarify that though, because it's definitely not something where I'm going to be able to be essentially bought by a sponsor and then come in and tell you guys what to do. It's always going to be based on what I think is going to be the best place to make you money, follow our guidelines, strategies, and plays. The sports card professor seven in the house. That's my guy. Uh, Orest Boyko, shout out to Orest Boyko. Really, really appreciate you coming in. Um, when is the visit just to CGC HQ? Um, we're trying to line that up for late February, my man. So hopefully we will have, uh, some content for you in March. That'll be like a behind the scenes, uh, at CGC cards, Connor and Andy and I are, are hoping to go over there together. So we'll keep you posted. Thanks for the question there and then uh tim larson what's up tim larson signs of the times collectible says he's graded over ten thousand cards with cgc totally believe what's in the slab is as consistent of a grade as there is out there yeah absolutely so good stuff good stuff connor anything else we want to hit on before we uh hit the outro here yeah shout out tim larson to hopping in real quick i had the pleasure of hopping on the call with him and you uh last week excited spoiler alert you guys might be seeing tim uh, in our in our network pretty soon in terms of seeing some segments there. So hang tight for Tim Larson. Um, also, the sports card professor said, what is the link for the Dr. Crack centering tool? I believe what he's referring to uh, is an online tool that, that Chad shared with us during a, a Wednesday sports card strategy deep dive a couple of weeks ago. Sports card professor, uh, if Dr. Crack does not answer in the comments what that link is, 
email me. It's Connor, C-O-N-N-E-R at nooffseason.com. I'll be sure to get that link from chat and share it with you because it did seem to be a useful tool there. Also, uh, we will have rankings updates. We did a lot of football talks today. Uh, shout out to Andy Kaysen first of the fantastic uh, information and value that he brought throughout the show. Uh, those rankings are going to be updated today and be a reflection of the show as well as other information that I find within the market. So be sure to head over to nooffseason.com find those football card rankings. And while you're there, if you're not a premium member, you should probably try signing up for that free 30-day trial. A lot of value inside of there. And another reason that you want to sign up now is because while we will not have an overflow show this Friday because of culture collision, we're doubling up the next Friday. So we're going to have two weeks worth of questions, which means that show is going to be an absolute banger in terms of value. So be sure to sign up for that premium membership so that you can get access to that overflow show, not this Friday, but the next. Dr. Crack's going to be on that overflow show too. So we're excited about that. Connor, great work today on the Sports Card Strategy Show. Audience in the live chat, great work out of all of you as well. Thank you so much for being here. And for those of you listening on the podcast apps, we appreciate you as well. We'll see you soon. Everybody have a great day. Thanks so much for being here with us on the Sports Card Strategy Show. To connect with us further, please subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash paulhickey. Please also give us a follow on Instagram at Sports Card Strategy and on X at No Offseason Card. We also have a Discord that you could join at sportscardstrategy.com. Everyone, I'm Paul Hickey. For the rest of us here at nooffseason.com, have a great day. We'll see you again soon.